to another episode of the Knicks Wall Podcast. I am your host, I'm Anthony Corbo, and joining me today, you know him at Kyle Maggio on Twitter. It's Kyle Maggio. What's up, man? Uh, you know, same old same. How about you? Yeah, yeah, same old same sounds about right, except we got some Knicks basketball to talk about this week. Before we get into all that, make sure you're following us on Twitter. Make sure you're following at the Knicks Wall at TKW Podcast. Uh, you know, give us a subscribe. Why don't you head to, head to the website, nickswall.com. Uh, we're part of the Blue Wire podcast family as well. Uh, why don't you go ahead and check out one of our sponsors, Axio Sports at sports.axio.com. Um, and yeah, we are, uh, we're ready to, uh, we're ready to get into things. We have the first preseason game behind us. It's, uh, it's been a really, it was an interesting matchup. The Knicks were able to pull out a victory. We saw a lot of things we've been waiting to see. Um, Kyle Maggio, what's, uh, where's your starting point when talking about this game? Uh, I, I think the main story really was R.J. Barrett. Um, he played an inordinate amount of minutes, 39 minutes. Uh, even though it was the preseason game one, he looked really good in the second half after a really rough first half. Uh, I think he started off the game one of seven, if I'm not mistaken. He ended up with uh, six of 13 shooting for seven points, seven, uh, 17 points, seven rebounds, and three assists. So uh, I thought he looked pretty good defensively, um, which was a big concern, especially for him playing the two. But uh, all in all, it was a really nice debut. I don't think you really could ask for anything better, aside from him shooting a little better from three. But uh, all in all... Uh, considering what our first summer league impression game, uh, first summer league game impression was, uh, he did a lot better in his preseason debut. Yeah, I thought with him it was pretty cool. Like, I feel like he just really came alive after uh, Morris got ejected. Like, it seemed like they kind of flipped the switch in him a little bit. Like, you know, everyone's laughing about it on the sidelines and everything like that. But, you know, as soon as he's gone, like, that's when RJ started picking it up. The Knicks hadn't scored in a long time. Um, and then, like, it just kind of started back up with a lap from him. And I just I just felt like throughout the third quarter, I saw really good control from him around the basket to start with. Like, I thought the whole team was kind of moving the ball out at that point. But just he seemed pretty, like, some of his shots looked pretty good uh, over the course of the night. You know, the three-point shots and everything. But especially around the rim, like, kind of, like, making use of the space he has, getting up in the air kind of contorting his body a little bit. I thought he looked really adept, uh, you know, scoring against NBA bigs. Yeah, he, you know, he started off the game pretty much just shooting threes. And, um, you know, to your point about after Morris got ejected, he just looked more physical. And it looks like he's a guy we knew he was kind of a, a workhorse, kind of a dirty work guy. Um, you know, for all that's made of his offense, he does love getting into the paint and, and trying to, uh, rebound and that's really big it's an important skill when you're a shooting guard or you know uh, a scoring wing especially so um i i like just after he wasn't making the shots from outside he just started going in repeatedly uh, it was mostly in the second half but 
um, it was just good to see him go, okay, well, you know, the shot's not working from that side, whatever. I'll, you know, he's going to keep shooting those, but I'm going to take it in. I'm going to, you know, like you said, either using his, his body at the rim or contorting to first a couple of nice finishes. So I, I just like what I saw. Um, you know, we've seen that in the summer league and we've seen it again now through the first game. He adjusts really well. Um, you know, I think part of that's him being as coachable as he is, but um, just I, I, so far, I, I, I'm I just impressed by kind of his mindset and his attitude. Uh, yeah, it seemed to have good awareness out there. Like it just it just seemed like he was able to pick up on a lot of what, uh, um, you know, what everyone else is kind of throwing around. And I mean, like, you know, obviously with him, it's a totally new team, totally new environment. But I felt the same way with a lot of players. I mean, even like, uh, you know, there was that one pass that I think I think it might have come from Randall to like Knox, who was below the basket, and he kind of caught it and threw it right in, uh, you know, kind of in one fell swoop. And I just, I feel like Kevin Knox of last year wouldn't have made that like kind of catch scoop layup all in one move. It would have kind of taken him a little while to kind of figure out where he was, figure out where his defenders are, figure out where the pass is coming from. Like, I just thought, and, and I thought some similar things we can touch upon both of these players a little bit more in a, in a few, but with Frank Nielakina too, like I just saw a team that looked a little bit more aware, a little bit less frazzled by, you know, what the, what their rookie season's throwing at them. I, I just, I saw a lot of good natural progress out of some, some of the young players who weren't just Mitchell Robinson, you know? I was talking about it a little bit on Twitter before um, the game started and, some people were surprised that Kevin Knox wasn't going to start over Marcus Morris. I kind of expected it. Um, I think I would have liked to see Dad at the two and RJ at the three, but I think they're going for as much talent as they can get in the starting five, and they'll sacrifice the fit a little bit. But um, I thought the the bench role for Kevin Knox was really good. I think we've talked about it a little bit, uh, you know, last couple of pods about him playing a more reduced role and if that would help his game. I think we saw it last night. Like he came in and just got a couple of really good looks from three. Uh, I think he knocked down three of his first four shots, but you know, one of those buckets came on a nice cut to the basket when he moved off ball, um, just went right down the the paint there. And uh, Taj Gibson made a nice little bounce pass across the paint, hit him in stride. And it was an easy bucket. Like that's the kind of stuff that we wanted to see him do, you know, just continue the catching and shooting from deep. The one thing that he was pretty good at last year. And, uh, you know, just move off ball. You know, you don't really need to be on dribbling all the time. You know, sometimes you just got to get free. And he's a quick kid, uh, a really lengthy kid. And we saw him use that a little bit more last night. I think it's a good role for him. I think it's going to help him a lot. I agree. I also think uh, you mentioned Taj Gibson. I thought he looked terrible. Just, I mean, just to start the game off, he got like three fouls in the first 10 minutes or something like that. I mean, like, he shot some threes, and I thought that was all right. But that dude, I mean, I don't expect a ton from him, and I kind of expect him to come with a little rust, but that dude looked rusty. Um, but, like, also on Knox real quick, like, his shot just looks like, like, did you notice a, a pretty discernible change in his sh- in his actual shot itself? Because the form looks pretty different to me. Knox? Mm-hmm. If anything, to me, and I got to I gotta watch the game again, I just want to, you know, look at a couple things, but um, I thought it looked a little quicker, if anything. I didn't yeah, think anything I did in his form. I just thought he was, uh, last year was more of a slower gather into mm-hmm. the jump shot. And I think he has nice form in general. 
Um, I, but, I thought so too last year, but like he was making some shots last night, and, and you know he didn't make any. He barely made a shot last year throughout the season, but I mean, like he he made a couple last night. The shot to me, it just looks like it's like not as quite about like as high of a release. It just looks a little a little bit closer to his head. It looks like he's not extending his arms quite as much. Um, he might just be bringing it forward a little bit. Could be a thing. Um, but I thought that. Yeah, I, I thought with his shot, it definitely looked like it was uh, changed, and I thought for the better. I mean, he was hitting some shots last night. He was kind of he was pretty active, so I was pretty pleased with the game I saw out of Kevin Knox. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, so I was happy about RJ. I was happy about uh, happy about Knox. Frank looked pretty good. I gotta say, coming up, he looked there. good. He looked better than I've seen him coming into a season in a while. Yeah, I think he had nine points. Uh, I got to mm-hmm. look up what he shot from the field, but I know he had three assists. Was um, he just looked confident. He missed his first couple, I think, and then he just kept shooting, which that was nice to see from him. Um, I don't want to put too much stock into it now, especially since there's always uh, Alfred rumors, which are going to make me very angry shortly. But um, Sure. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I I like what I saw from Frank. I thought he really thoroughly outplayed Peyton. Um, I thought around the basket too, like in transition, especially like he was kind of like, I, I, he had a, a really nice kind of finish in the post that I liked. Um, he's kind of like, he showed some flashes of like that idea of a player. I thought he might be for the first couple of years of his career where, uh, where he's a, a pretty big guard and a pretty lanky guard at that too. And can kind of like use his, uh, you know, lankiness and agileness, like in the post to, uh, or you know, in transition to get down by the rim and actually put the shot up and have a good chance of making it or putting it up above the defender. And he hasn't he shied away from that his first two years, but I thought last night I saw a couple of flashes of that that I like that you know I hope he can carry that over. Yeah. Um, um, I thought- no, but I oh, good. No, I was going to say we haven't even talked about the um, the big signing of this of the summer, the newest addition, Julius Randle. Um, probably, I think with Julius Randle, and this is a this is a good thing. I think we got exactly what we were expecting last night. Yeah, I think he, he looked tough. He looked like you know he he was bullying into guys in the post. He looked good around the rim, like some defensive laps, you know, lapses for sure, but. Uh, I thought overall, like, kind of, he was as advertised last night. Yeah, he was definitely, he definitely looked the part uh, of a top option. I, you know, he had, a, he had a three last, uh, you know, on Monday. Um, he was forcing the issue at the rim. I, we've seen what he could do and how smooth he is. So I wasn't trying to put too much stock into anything that he did. But, uh, you know, he, he looked like, uh, you know, he looked like a top option trying to shake off the rust. You know, a couple nice moments, a couple nice flashes, but uh, he was a little bull in a China shoppy last night. But uh, overall, I mean, I think he scored seven of the Knicks' first 11 points. You know, it just kind of came out, just looking yeah. to set the tone early. So I liked it. Um, you know, I, I still would have liked to seen what that starting group looked like with Dennis, who looks like he's going to miss uh, Friday's game, which is unfortunate. But um you know, I thought the offense looked good as a whole. They were moving the ball pretty quickly, uh, even with letting Randall kind of go ISO. I thought it was a nice mix. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was pretty entertained as a whole. Yeah, no, I, I thought that the game, that the uh, team kind of came out 
you know, ready to play. They came out pretty gangbusters. I mean, they, the scoring was pretty well distributed throughout the team. I mean, you had RJ Barrett with 17. Uh, you had Ellington at 12 off the bench. I thought he was a, a nice surprise. Um, Gibson at 16, Knox at 12. And then, of course, uh, Marcus Morris comes out and he, uh, Marcus Morris comes out, scores 17 points, and, you know, does all of his damage pretty much in the second quarter. Just as he might be thinking about starting to heat up in the third, there he goes and gets ejected. Um, so th- this is kind of the big story to have come out of the game. But um, where do you stand on the ejection? Do you uh, are are you in support of Marcus Morris right now? I mean, I mean off of principle, yeah. But I, I I'm so for this in a preseason game. Yeah, like, I, I'm like. Please come out, get ejected your first, literally first minutes with the team, like set the precedent. I mean, that's what they were talking about. That's what he and Portis were going on and on about at media day and everything about, you know, not getting pushed around about being dogs out there. And, you know, I guess uh, Morris saw the opportunity to make it happen and uh, he took it upon himself. I just found it really funny how how uh, funny all the players kind of stuck in while they were waiting and reviewing it and seeing if he was going to get ejected or not. Yeah, I think uh, he probably he probably definitely deserved the ejection. Uh, he seemed like he was being unnecessarily physical. He's throwing his elbow a little around, ra- uh, you know, elbow around a little bit right before he did that boop. And uh, I was thoroughly amused. I could see why people wouldn't be, but um, I mean, we did want somebody with some edge on this team, and I he's always been a guy who he says, you know, he does what he says he's going to do. So you don't get to pick and choose. When you have a guy like that, when they turn it on and when they turn it off, it just kind of happens. So uh, that's kind of what makes them endearing. So it is what it is. It was a random outburst. It didn't cost them anything. Moving yeah, forward. exactly. So. It, it kind of like it's nice to have. Yeah, you know, it's it's nice to have that physical presence back on the team, though, because last year I just feel like this team was, you know, it was uh, filled with more finesse players even Mitchell Robinson, like he's not a, an imposing guy down low. He's a, he's an athletic guy. We were filled with more finesse and athletic guys than we were with like, just kind of like strong classic basketball players and like Morris and Randall coming to the team. And even like Taj Gibson and Bobby Portis, it's all those guys. I mean, you know, we heard it all summer about the Knicks signing only forwards, but like they just added so much physical presence to the team. And it's, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say that Morris and Randall has, uh, you know, have some Mason Oakley vibes going on here. They're definitely not, but I'm thinking uh, I might be feeling a little something in the air, a little something in the air there. It, it looks like they want to execute on that, so we'll see what happens. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, I I would enjoy that for 82 games. I do wonder because um, when we were talking last time on the last episode or season preview. Um, or uh, you know, the season preview, the media day episodes, all that. We were kind of discussing um, this team's pace and the fact that they'll be that we expect them, especially with all the youth and the and, you know the rising talent on this team, to be a quick moving, uh, you know, really transition based team. I didn't think we really saw that last night, and I, I think that we kind of maybe underestimated the addition of like Morris and Randall and those guys playing some significant minutes with those young players. Like, I think we kind of maybe underestimated that those guys kind of like work a little bit more in the half court. And, uh, you know, some of our younger players may have to adapt around that. But 
Uh, what, I mean, what did you notice about the pace last night? Do you think that they're going to have trouble kind of keeping up at, uh, at you know this pace of most teams? I don't know that they're going to have trouble with it. I don't know that they will do it all the time. Um, I think the thing we wanted was for them to play fast. Uh, we thought, and it does make sense with the personnel that they have to do, you know, to do it that way. But um, those same guys like to work from ISO also. Uh, Marcus Morris is known for that in Boston, who, yeah, he would sometimes just take those catch and shoot and rhythm jump shots. He wasn't like he uh, had an aversion to doing it. But, you know, sometimes you give it to him. He doesn't pull the trigger and suddenly he's working his way back and his man down into the paint. And it is what it is. Uh, same thing with Randall. Randall, he's a guy who can, you know, shoot off the dribble, shoot off the catch, uh, take it in. You know, sometimes if you give it to him and he can't make something happen or sometimes he has a mismatch, he's going to want to go ISO. So um, I don't know if they're going to be able to not keep up. I just think it, it's all about what they decide to do. Ultimately, they should. They have the personnel to just be able to run. Randall loves the much uh, run, to, uh, run the floor. Mitch loves to run the floor. So there's no reason they shouldn't be able to keep up. It's just sort of a decision. Like they got to commit to one style of play or not. Yeah. I, I think that my concern in that space really comes more from, uh, you know, Marcus Morris being a little bit more of a slow footed three and how they plan on using him. I agree. Like if he was your four for most of the game, like it would be a little bit different, but you know, we might see some of that when we shift to, you know, Randall down the center or when we, uh, you know, throw Knox into one of the forward spots or something and said, like, there are definitely units that are going to be running with this team. I'm just, that starting lineup looks a little bit slower than I, I guess, anticipated coming into the, uh, coming into the preseason. Um, so we have one more game against the Wizards, one more preseason game against the Wizards on Friday. Um, I'm, you said Dennis Smith Jr. will likely not be playing in this game. Yeah, it uh, sounds like they aren't sure, but uh, I, th- I don't think he practiced today. He just did light contact. So today's Wednesday, and he's not really full practicing right now. It sounds like mm-hmm. everything they're doing is precautionary, so I wouldn't expect him to. Yeah, so we have uh, you know we have we have Den Smith who's likely going to be out. Uh, no real word on Bobby Portis. Um, you know, Damian Dotson's still recovering from shoulder surgery. Reggie Bullock's got a disc issue. Uh, Kadeem Allen apparently has a little bit of a right foot issue. So I just, you know, if uh, who are those guys you hope to kind of come back? I'm hoping to see Portis a little bit more out there. Um, but also when it comes to like, you know, Rizdakis and like Wooten and some of these other guys that are uh, sitting on the roster, like, is there anybody who didn't play the other day that you're really looking forward to trying to give a, get a shot to in preseason that could, uh, you know, make an impact on the rotation. Yeah, I mean, obviously I wanted Dennis to play. That's no shock. But um, Bobby, I want to see because I wasn't thrilled about that signing. I have found ways to be enthused by it if they theoretically play him ways that I would enjoy seeing. But um, I kind of wanted to see how they were planning on using him a little bit. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see about him. Uh, Iggy, I just want to see what he's got you know, in uh, actual NBA action. I'm, I wouldn't say overly optimistic or anything after summer league when he was shooting the ball really well, but um, 
I'd like to at least get, you know, I mean, he scored what 30 in a game in summer league, just, you know, either going to the rim or shooting yeah. outside. Like I'd like to see, we saw a little bit of that scoring upside. I'd like to see it in NBA action, even if it gets backups, you know, it's right. better than summer league. Let's just give him a shot. Let him get, I'm sure we'll see him at some point uh, in the preseason. I'm hoping anyway. But um, that's the one guy because everybody else, like Wayne Ellington, like he's a ten-year vet. Todd mm-hmm. Gibson's a ten-year vet. Like you know what you're gonna get from those guys. But Iggy's somebody like I, I don't think he's a factor come the regular season. I just I you know kind of like make sure you don't got something special again. You know, right? Just, yeah. Like, really, really rule it out. Like really see him not keeping up or something in the preseason, and then you can kind of make a call. But I just want to see a little more. I'm on the pretty much the same page there, and I'm actually surprised that like this preseason game or the you know Monday's game and then potentially Friday's game, like I'm I'm more surprised that Monday wasn't the game where they kind of broke out you know the whole bench and just kind of like let the guys you know over the course of the off or the, over the course of the preseason start incorporating a couple of more guys in there to see you know some lineups together, but at the same time like it's all it's such a new team like they got to start practicing together, getting some real games in together. You know, if they hope to come out of this season you know, with any kind of uh, ability under their belts. But um, I was interested to see Trier only played eight minutes the other day. Um, and that's kind of like, I wonder how indicative that will be over his like role in the rotation. Or, you know, I, I'm kind of interested to keep an eye on that for Friday to see if he's, you know, got a spot locked down, if he's going to play some more minutes or kind of what goes on with his situation. Um, and yeah, I'm real curious about uh, Kenny Wooten. You know, we saw some good things out of him in summer league, and I just kind of want to see if he can carry that over at all into the, uh, you know, into the preseason. And if that if that can happen, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. But um, you know, he is a guy that really intrigued me, and I think a lot of Knicks fans in summer league. So I'd, I'd like to see him get a little bit of a run. All right, well, Kyle, you got anything else uh, you want to throw out for this game? Uh, no, not really. Just you know. Hopefully Dennis comes back. I want to see how the whole starting mm-hmm. group looks. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, we are going to touch on the uh, recent fiasco that's uh, occurring with the latest Nixon Nets rivalry talk thing, whatever. Uh, but first, I want to tell you guys about a couple of our sponsors. Uh, so this one is for a new sponsor of ours called Axios Sports. Uh, you know, following a team that you love in 2019 can be pretty time-consuming, and trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. It's hard enough just to keep up with the Knicks. Um, and scrolling through every app and every website, I mean, you don't have the time of the day. It's impossible. And that's why I subscribe to Axios Sports. It's the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. And when you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and the NFL all the way to cricket, ping pong, and whatever other niche sports in between. Uh, Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. And it's super simple to sign up and totally free. Just go to sports.axios.com. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. How about that? Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And the best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing like that. This is free curated sports content and is delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Try, uh, again, try for free 99 at sports.axios.com. 
that free 99 in the ad copy in there kind of threw me off. I thought that was a code. Uh, moving on before we get to, uh, before we talk about Kevin Durant and uh, his comments, I also wanted to tell you all about Harry's. Uh, you know, humans, all of us, we've been shaving for thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave hasn't changed too much. Uh, and that's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters. That's sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's. It gives me a close shave. It's an easy glide and it's a low price. So do us a favor. Check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Harry's is a return to the essential. It's quality blades at a fair price. It's just $2 per blade. It's super convenient. There's no risk for you trying them out. If you don't love your shave, just let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Uh, listeners of the Next Wall podcast can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, the rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover. Keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. All right. So Kevin Durant... Did even more to piss off Knicks fans this week. Um, he had a quote when he went on to Hot 97 in New York. It went as such. I think a lot of fans look at the Knicks as a brand and expect these younger players in their lifetime don't remember. Or I'm sorry, I think a lot of fans look at the Knicks as a brand and accept these younger players in their lifetime don't remember the Knicks being good. Uh, Durant said he's seen the Knicks in the finals, he had, but kids coming up after him didn't see that. So that whole brand of the Knicks is not as cool as, let's say, the Golden State Warriors or even the Net Lakers or the Nets now. You know what I'm saying? The cool thing now is not the Knicks. So um, does this matter? Does it mean anything? Nah, because so when I read them at first, it, like the, everybody's first reaction when they read it without seeing the interview is like, oh, well, he, why is he talking about the Knicks still? And then if you actually watch the interview, it was on the Michael K show and they kept kind of like pressing him about why he didn't come to the Knicks and why people don't come to the Knicks. And he kept kind of like dancing around it a little bit. So finally they're like, no, no, like why, why do you think people don't come? And then he gave that answer. So like, it wasn't like he just kind of, they were talking about something else and he was just like, well, the Knicks suck, you know, the Knicks aren't cool. It wasn't like that. It just, so it is what it is, but um, he's not wrong. Really, I mean, I you know when I've we've had conversations before about like the the nostalgia of the '90s and uh, that for us that was like our first intro to Knicks basketball, basketball in general at the NBA level. And while it's fun to look back on those teams and I adore those teams, like every year that goes by, like it means a little less for the upcoming crowd of Knicks fans. And there's just always going to be new younger Knicks fans coming in that are going to outnumber the older fans and. You know, like at some point, they need to see winning. Like, you know, they we at least had something in the beginning to go off of, even when we were kids. Uh, these kids don't have that for the most part. You know, you had a couple of mellow years that were good, and uh, largely, it's just not. It, it's been ugly, like historically ugly. So, I mean, he's not he's not wrong per se. It just kind of sucks, like to keep hearing it at this point, like. 
it's not even a KD thing for me there. It's just like, just stop asking him. Like, he went to Brooklyn. Like, he didn't go to the Knicks. Just let it go. You know, we don't need to keep talking about it. He seems pretty happy. He's on Twitter every day, chumming it up, having fun. Not even, like, super sassy Kevin Durant every, anymore. So, just let it die, man. Like, he made his decision. But we clearly lost out. Uh, some people argue that we didn't because of the Achilles injury. But who cares? Like, he didn't sign here. Just let it go. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot... There's just as much speculation right now about him not ever really considering the Knicks as there is to him, like, seriously considering the Knicks. And I still do think I'm in the camp where I think that he was pretty set on coming here until, you know, the Achilles injury changed things. But, um, I, I mean, I, you know, it, it, it doesn't really mean much of anything. Like, this is, this is such a, uh, like, you know, like, non-factor. This is such a preseason storyline. Like, I get that we're still mad at Kevin Durant for whether he spurned us, whether he did not. But, like, you know, the guy the guy plays for Brooklyn now. He, he plays for Brooklyn, and, like, he's not even going to be playing this year. Like, the only – this is the only way that Kevin Durant keeps his, keeps his name out there. He does his – you know, he does all the media day. He does the talking around the nets. He, uh, you know, and then he, he throws – he you know, he talks on Twitter, and he throws things out about the Knicks. Like, it, it's – it's gonna happen. He's in our neighborhood now. Like, you know, whether you know whether all of us agree with it or not, there's fans on both sides of the aisle here who are gonna try to drum up the Knicks and Nets rivalry thing. Like, Knicks fans are just as guilty of it as Nets fans are, and, and the opposite way around. So, like, I mean, this is always gonna be a storyline. I just don't know when the point comes where we stop letting every little thing Kevin Durant say get underneath this. Uh, the skins of us as a collective fan base. Yeah, I mean it's gonna die. It's gonna die down. Like the first year is always when they make a big deal of it, mm-hmm. and then they're gonna do it again on the, on the TV broadcast. And when they, you know, Kevin Durant's not even playing, but they're gonna bring it up the first Nets Knicks game. Like we got to do this whole rigmarole. I get it. Um, you know, we did say for a while on the pod, like they're gonna really open themselves up to criticism if they didn't convert their cap space after the Chris Dasporz Ingus trade. And uh, I'm happy they got Randall, but that's clearly not what, you know, the grand plans that anybody had in mind. So yeah, they salvaged the off season, but like you have to have known that was coming. I think a lot of reasonable Knicks fans knew like this was going to happen if they swung and missed after that trade. Right. So it, it is what it is. Like, you know how, I am about it. Just what am I supposed to do to defend this product and this team anymore? You know, like I, I like Randall. I like Mitch. I like RJ, I like Dennis, but you know, I got to start seeing something. I got to start seeing good basketball, winning basketball until then. It's like, what are we, what are, what are you arguing about attendance? Right. And, and until then, like this shouldn't be a concern of ours. Like it should be, the concern should be actually like winning a couple of basketball games. And who knows, this team might actually be poised for something like that, at least, you know, at certain points in the season. Like, I have a feeling this, uh, you know, some of these units are going to gel pretty well together. And the Knicks are going to have a lot to look forward to. Like, we're going to have something, like, pretty unique in our hands, I think, at some point during the season and after the season. And, like, this, our literal lifespan and hopes and dreams of the franchise didn't, you know, don't live and die with Kevin Durant. Like, there was a lot more... There's a lot more sad history to this team than just what happened this offseason. Like, like we get it. We're not like the Knicks won 17 games last year. 
They won 17 games like four years ago, too. It's not a great tracker record for them. The Nets have been a, a uh, you know, a streak of constant improvements since they, since they blew it up. And I think that, you know, the Knicks can probably learn a little bit of a lesson from them. And then, you know, we can have the same kind of rise that they're having in, a, in just a couple of years. But until then, like, they can kind of talk their shit for, you know, to a, to a certain extent because it's, it's frankly more earned than ours right now. I'm not a Nets fan, by the way. I still am a Knicks fan, I promise. Just just win some games. Yeah. That's all I ask. Yeah. Just I'm not even asking for like a a 42 and 40 record. Like just give me like 27 this year. Yeah. That way I can justify a bunch of things that I want to justify. Like I as unbiased as I like to say I am, and as, as much as I like to think I am, like, well, I'm always gonna be a little biased, you know? Like I can right, minimize right. it. But I'm always going to be a little biased, like right, because we're fans. Like that's that's supposed to be a yeah. At the end of the, so, like, let me be the homer a little bit. Give me a reason to be the homer. Like, I, I don't want to keep going in hot and being high on on this team or on players, and then every time I get nothing the following year. Like, just get all I'm asking for is a little something. I'm, I'm high on like four guys this year. Like, really high on four guys. Like. I'm not saying I need to be 100%, but like, give me 50 or 75% this year. Like, give me like three big hits here that I could, that I could really lean in and enjoy being a homer a little bit. Like, I'll do it. Just give me a good reason for it. Yeah, and I'd say uh, Marcus Morris getting ejected in his first preseason game is a good place to start with that. So great place to start. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Kyle, uh, that's really just about it for us this week. So I want to remind all of the listeners to give us a follow on Twitter at Corbo Anthony, at Kyle Maggio, at The Next Wall, at TKW Podcast. Uh, you know, shout out to our network, Blue Wire. Follow them on Twitter at Blue Wire Pod. Go to thenextwall.com. Uh, you know, lots of great content really, really ramping up right now. Um, very, very excited to see what comes out of the chamber once uh, once preseason ends and the floodgates really open. Um, yeah, and I think that's that's pretty much going to be about it for this week. So, uh, you know, subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you all next week. Yeah.